Breathe life into your own backyard this spring with FastGrowingTrees.com. From shade trees to fresh fruit to privacy hedge plants, let FastGrowingTrees.com help you plant your dream garden with their expert advice and fast, reliable shipping. FastGrowingTrees.com's plant experts curate thousands of easy-to-grow plants, shrubs, and tree varieties for your unique climate. And they understand that sometimes it's hard to know which plants will do best. No problem. With FastGrowingTrees.com, you get customized recommendations based on your specific needs, and they're always available to help keep your plants growing healthy through every season. Their website is easy to use, and the shipping's fast. With FastGrowingTrees, 30-day alive and thrive guarantee, you know everything will look great fresh out of the box. So join over 1.5 million happy Fast Growing Trees customers. Visit fastgrowingtrees.com slash Dana now and get 15% off your entire order. Get 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com slash Dana. That's fastgrowingtrees.com slash Dana. We have no role and seek no role in what is really at the heart of fiscal policy, except uh, I, w- I will limit myself to the two things that other Fed chairs have, have said about this. One is just that Congress raising the debt ceiling is really the only alternative. There are no rabbits in hats to be pulled out on this. Two really is just that no one should assume that the Fed can protect the economy from, from uh, you know, the, the non-payment of, of, uh, of the government's bills, let alone a, a, a debt default of, just of, say of some, it. Or something of that just nature. Just say it. Bad policy. Just say it. Exactly. Just say it. Just say that the government can't protect or the Fed can't protect from bad policy. Just say it. That's all you need to do. Say it! Because we all know that that's what he's thinking, and he's just not... He's trying to be very, very careful there. That was Jerome Powell. Welcome to the show. Happy Wednesday to you. And uh, that is... There's there's a couple of things. There's some ongoing things that I, I was especially interested in the... Uh, the back and forth too with Jim Jordan, which we're going to get to because that was fascinating. But the interest rates—I mean, that's—it's going to make it a lot more expensive if you're uh, doing anything on credit. Kane's shaking his head. He's never—he's not happy with us. Well, we're, we'll dive into it. Dana Lash here with you, top of the first hour this Wednesday, and we—you know—we we could have. I mean, we could have. Um, some real policy to I think that that would that would make such a huge impact in terms of what people are feeling when they're going to the pump or when they're just like at the checkout at the grocery store but unfortunately we don't have an administration that's interested in doing that and we've been I mean inflation what where the consumer price index I mean we can go on and on we've and nothing's changed it's still the same I mean sadly I mean we could have faster interest rates interest rate increases now that I mean it's open it's here that's what they are talking about so they said that this was uh yesterday when this happened Jerome Powell the Federal Reserve chair he was speaking in Capitol Hill and he was saying that the information that they are getting suggests that they have to act tougher on this and as a result that means it looks like they're going to need some more stringent measures to control inflation and they say that the ultimate level of interest rates is going to be higher than previously anticipated because they can't control it it's kind of hard you know what but you're not going to be able to so long as you have the runaway spending that you have i mean how 
many, I mean, what did he just pledge to send like another 50 some odd billion Biden did to Ukraine? And then you have Yellen and and others out there talking about sending money to to Yemen. So sure. This spending bonanza, as long as it continues, you're they're not going to be able to get a handle on it and and raising taxes, even though that's what he would like to do. That's not going to be feasible. So he's he's gotten till there's a great piece that our contributor Lorraine has. Over at Substack, you can find it chapter and verse. She's got a a really good write-up on what we're going to be expecting, all of this tying in together. Because now the president wants to raise taxes. And he, his budget's coming out tomorrow. And then they're going to have that, this is the ongoing battle over whether or not we're going to, we're going to increase the debt ceiling, which we're not. But his budget battle's coming in. He's releasing that Thursday. He's got tax increases to Medicare. And this is how they're going to frame it, like they do with every single thing. If they, they're going to frame it like this. It'll be, well, uh, we're going, if, if Republicans are either going to fund Medicare or they're going to cut Medicare spending, cue all of the ads shoving grandma off the cliff again. Which, by the way, some people don't realize that was an actual real ad. Can I sidebar real quick? That was a real ad. That, yeah, people. some people were like, stop with that old trope. It's like, it, what? First off, that's not even the accurate use of that word, number one. Number two, uh, sidebar to the sidebar. Drive-bys need to not use big words that they read but are too lazy to Google because they had you know, a subpar education. It's not our problem to correct their grammar and vocabulary, but it is our duty as American citizens because we don't want the aliens to think that our nation's dumb. Anyway, and I mean outer space aliens. So back to my point. It was actually an ad where they had a guy like a look. This is a back, back in 2012 where they had a look like Paul Ryan who who wheeled up Grandma in the wheelchair to the edge of the Grand Canyon, right to the rim, and then shoved her right the hell off, shoved her right off. That's a real thing. Yeah. So if we have interest rates above six percent, that but that's the thing in the budget from everything that I have read, and CNBC had the list of everything that he's considering, put everything that's apparently going to be going in there. He's running off his the thing that he campaigned on, the whole tax scheme that Democrats decided to walk away from before midterms because they were going to get their butts whooped. Remember that thing? They were like, oh, we got a, the unrealized capital gains. That's It looks like that's going to be coming back, that, that, which is ridiculous. That's not real income. If it's unrealized, it means it's not real. This is so stupid. And so they are going to apparently tie they're going to have tax increases tied to, tied to Medicare funding because they won't stop spending that's one thing that is definitely part of the budget proposal is there's not going to be a reduction in spending <sighs> so the aid just in I mean how much I mean we're looking at over a hundred billion hundreds of billion do- of dollars in aid to Ukraine that's not that's just in and some money that isn't doesn't even get into any kind of like actual physical tangible assets. And so the tax proposal, this is coming at a really rough time. And I, I think, honestly, Democrats are going to push back on this, particularly those Democrats who are in some of these states that definitely. I think 
you know, you have these these people like, well, you have people like Fetterman who's not even there. He's in, what, Walter Reed? That's what I was trying to remember. He's in Walter Reed. Feinstein's apparently going home. She has shingles. She's going home to the hospital. But you have a number of other purple state lawmakers that are going to struggle with reconciling tax increases during a time of inflation, during a time when the Fed's talking about raising the interest rates above 6%. People are broke. Now they're going to be hearing about tax increases right before a major election. They are going to push back against Democrat leadership on this. Because that's that. And and with Republicans controlling the power of the purse in the House, it looks just so much far more unlikely. We're going to talk about this some more because that's uh, this is going to be the big battle kicking off tomorrow. Now, also all the J6 stuff, I'm sure people have been seeing some of this. I do find it fascinating because I was looking at what was happening with all the commentary regarding the whole January 6th thing and all the videos and so on and so forth. And people just going after it, it. It's either Chuck Schumer or Mitch McConnell or somebody. Everybody's mad and they're they're going after Tucker Carlson or they're defending Tucker Carlson. A friend of mine had a really good remark. He said, "You could, which I believe you can believe all these things simultaneously. The January 6th tapes matter because honesty matters. And the J6 committee knowingly misrepresented many facets of what happened. And they did so with full force of government for political gain. That matters. And you don't have to support the rioters or the riot that the writers engaged in because not everybody was part of it itself to believe that you can believe these things simultaneously. The tapes and I've seen, there's a lot there. What the, here's the conflation that I will kind of warn you about. Uh, because one of the things I did last night is I went to a couple of different sites that had all of the footage that had been put up on, uh, parlor and elsewhere, not just Twitter, all of the video footage of all these people that were there outside and then inside, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then I, the, the footage that people are wanting to see is a lot of the security footage that's inside because the, the media feels like it has a way to discredit everything everyone's saying about it because Carlson was saying, well, this is some previously un- before unseen footage. And he was playing a lot of the stuff that had been some of the footage was from things that have that were on parlor um, that some of the accounts, but not all of them were. There were some that was security footage and the media is like, oh, all this footage is public. What is he? He's lying. That's how. But it all wasn't because some of the footage he had was legitimate, actual security footage that had not been released before that did absolutely show things in a very different light. The media is trying to argue that all of the footage that he showed was the stuff that had been publicly uploaded to Parler or some other kind of social media distribution that was you know, publicly available to everyone. And that's simply not true. So don't buy into that conflation because I went and I looked at I don't know how many different. I mean, there's so there's a couple of different websites that have um, the a compilation of them. And one of them is kind of left leaning, which is why I don't like to give them attention. But they had, I mean, it's all, and it's all ordered chronologically. So you can go and see the outside and then leading up to when some got inside. And it's all from what people filmed themselves. And that's separate from the closed circuit security footage. And that's when you see that huge, you know, the ceiling view of the guy that they call the QAnon shaman walking through the Capitol. That wasn't someone who crawled up in the ceiling 
and recorded that and uploaded it to Parler. We're not stupid. That CCTV footage that was previously unseen and it wasn't released before because it was capital property. That's capital footage. That wasn't something that was uploaded to social media. So people like that, when they sit here and try to conflate this, they really undermine any even, even if you wanted to consider an objection that they had moderate or reasonable, they really undermine any kind of good, you know, good faith uh, effort to believe in anything that they're saying. And so I kind of roll my eyes at some of this stuff. I'm sure that you saw Chuck Schumer go out and call for censorship. Did everyone see Chuck Schumer go out and call for censorship? We have that. Play this because this was ridiculous. To say January 6th was not violent is a lie, a lie, pure and simple. I don't think I've ever seen a primetime cable news anchor manipulate his viewers the way Mr. Carlson did last night. I don't think I've ever seen an anchor treat the American people and American democracy with such disdain. And he's going to come back tonight with another segment. Fox News should tell him not to. Fox News, Rupert Murdoch, tell Carlson not to run a second segment of lies. You know it's a lie. You've admitted it's a lie. Hmm. There you go. He's that's that's calling for censorship. Folks, are you concerned about American K through 12 education? Are you worried about what your children or grandchildren are learning or not learning in school? So if you've answered yes, my friends at Hillsdale College have a free resource for you. You've heard me talk about how Hillsdale College understands the importance of education to the future of our country. And now they're offering you 10 free print copies of their recent issue of Imprimus, entitled Education as a Battleground, written by Hillsdale College President Larry P. Arn. This special issue provides a factual account of the issues in the ongoing going battle over education and why parents and teachers, not bureaucrats or activists, should guide what our children learn. With Hillsdale College, you can make a difference in your community by distributing these copies of Imprimus to your community. Don't miss this opportunity to arm yourself with the facts. Claim your 10 free copies of Education as a Battleground by visiting Dana4FORHillsdale.com. That's Dana4Hillsdale.com. Act today and join the battle over education for our country's future. That's Dana4Hillsdale.com. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. This is kind of cool. NASA has discovered an ocean world where one year lasts just 11 days. It's a water planet, 100 million light years away from Earth. So plan your vacations, guys. And it orbits, completes an orbit of its star every 11 days. It's a group of astronomers from a university in Montreal that came across this through NASA's Transiting Exoplanet Survey Satellite, and it was published in the Astronomical Journal. So CNET reports that the planet's covered by a blanket of water, and it has a very long name full of all kinds of consonants, one vowel and some numbers, so I don't care to repeat it. It's thought to live 100 million light years from Earth, orbits within a binary, binary star system among the Draco constellation. Don't even know what any of them that Draco part means, but that's okay. Uh, it's actually kind of cool. They say that there's a lot more research that needs to be construct that needs to be conducted, but they think that it's 70% larger than Earth, and the density is consistent with having having a deep ocean. So it's ocean planet. Water world could be real. Who knows? Uh, also, man alive. A New Jersey woman fighting eviction blows herself up in a house full of cats. I mean, taking cat fight to a whole new level. I couldn't help it. I mean, don't. 
A New Jersey woman's fight against eviction ended in a deadly blaze when she intentionally started a fire in the home she shared with dozens of cats and refused to vacate. This happened last week. The woman and her cats died. They all died in the massive fire. Broke out shortly after 11 a.m. Uh, state police had served the unidentified woman with an eviction notice. She wouldn't. Re- she wouldn't leave. Threatened to blow up her house, and she did. They said that apparently she turned the gas on b- before she ignited. The, the and her house all up in flames. They said multiple fire departments responded to the home, but they were unable to get her out alive. No other injuries were reported. Uh, she was the sole occupant of the house. The once cat-filled home is now completely charred, and an attached home is unlivable. It is. I mean, the whole thing is burnt to the ground. There's like a couple of barely standing walls that are up now. Good grief. That. Ugh, what a horrible way to go. U.S. judge strikes down a Missouri gun law as unconstitutional. This is so I I talked a little bit about this last last night on social media, if you follow me at all, Uh, because this was the the whole point of this particular law was that the lawmakers were fighting back against any kind of federal restrictions, sweeping these new sweeping federal restrictions if they did not have an equivalent within the state of Missouri. And it had the support of a lot lot of law enforcement. The uh, Republican Attorney General, Andrew Bailey in Missouri, said in a statement he's going to appeal the ruling. Uh, He said they're prepared to defend their statute to the highest court, uh, and they anticipate a better result at the eighth court. The thing is, though, that's in reporting on this, a lot of people are ignoring the fact that they were specifically pushing back against new sweeping laws because it was in a response to all these new gun all this new gun control push from uh, the Biden administration to anything that did not have a state-based Missouri-based equivalent. So that's a huge caveat that's going un- underreported. We have a lot more on the way, a lot more including stuff with China, wokery, J6 garbage, so much more. Stay with us. March Meatness is here, and Good Ranchers has your chance to win free meat. Sign up and fill out your March Meatness bracket at GoodRanchers.com slash March. And if your bracket is best, you win free 100% American steakhouse quality meat for a year. Subscribe any day this month for free bacon added to your order and select your meat. Get free bacon, and if your bracket wins, it will all be free for the next year. And if you don't win, well, I mean, you still get free bacon with every order, and it's ship free straight to your door. So that sounds like a win-win. Order today and use code DANA to get an additional $20 off your first order. A chance to win free meat, free bacon, and $20 off. It's madness. Head to GoodRanchers.com slash March to sign up and fill out your bracket. Subscribe to claim free bacon and use code DANA for $20 off the best meat America has to offer. Visit GoodRanchers.com slash March and use code DANA. That's GoodRanchers.com slash March. Good Ranchers. American meat delivered. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Anybody who watched that video would strongly disagree. Anybody who watched that video uh, in a, with their own eyes in a real way. Like whose eyes would they be using? And saw what happened on that day would would disagree with what was just stated. Um, The president has been very clear. January 6th was the worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War. What? What? Hmm. Bless her heart. Jeebus. No. No, no, no. First off, welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here with you. That's KJP, who is, uh, was answering a question about this whole 
series that Tucker Carlson is doing on the J6 stuff. It The worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War. So you're forgetting Pearl Harbor and 9-11. Yeah. You illiberal, ahistorical twit. I mean, I'm just thinking like of actual like straight up attacks. Are you kidding me? I mean, uh, Fort Hood. Hi. I could go on. Pulse nightclub. That was a terror attack. And I mean, what else? There were several. There have been several. The Boston bombing. You're just going to forget all of that because it's inconvenient to your narrative. I cannot take anyone seriously who goes out there and says it's the worst attack on our democracy since Civil War. Did you you just skipped over like 100 years of stuff? So, I mean, was it worse than the Democrats bombing the Senate Hart building in the 70s? I'm curious. Or what about when Weather Underground, you know, your friends, the guy who kickstarted Barack Obama's campaign off in his living room back in 2008, Bill Ayers, you know, their organization literally killed people. They, I mean, they, they were all in jail. So that, oh no, but it's D different. It's so, this is, it, it's, it's politically tribal to the point where you can't even acknowledge the crimes that, you know, that they won't even acknowledge the crimes that their side committed. That's the difference. Like people, we were on air when all of that happened. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash with you. Bottom of our first hour this Wednesday. As I said, we were, we were on air when that happened. When J6 happened, we were watching it unfold live on television. And one of the things that I had repeatedly said was, I don't mind people protesting peacefully. But when you're breaking stuff, that's not a protest. That's something that, unlike the left, I have been ridiculously uh, consistent on. I've been super consistent on that. And just, it, it is insane to think that you're somehow barred from believing, from accepting two things simultaneously, that riots are not forms of protest, and also that, it, that the media lied, that the committee was a Victorian freak show, that they lied, and that this was all done to kind of mas- to, to, to massage a narrative. That is why a lot of the, the security footage, and I'm not talking about the handheld cameras, we just were, were debunking that ridiculous nonsense. That's why you had, you know, a lot of, um, of these uh, lawmakers who were accused of outright lying. I, in- I included some of this in the rundown. Like, for instance, there were a couple of... Um, they I, I, like the well a couple of examples. The first one is how the committee lied to Barry Loudermilk. I don't know if a lot of people knew that there are a couple of good pieces on this uh, Red State Daily Caller. There's a, several pieces, and the way that like apparently um, Loudermilk had criticized the January six committee, and of course they targeted him with a political hit job. There were people saying that he was, I guess, they, they wrote him two letters because there was a, a tour, I guess, a capital tour. And that they were accusing him of like leading reconnaissance ahead of the January 6th stuff. I'm not even kidding. They were trying to, they were using this footage and accusing him of uh, putting everybody in jeopardy and basically like helping people with reconnaissance before the, the riot took, took place. They said that they didn't directly allege that anyone escorted by him later attacked the Capitol. That's the big caveat. 
but they went ahead with their with their insinuations anyway. Because there was closed circuit security camera footage. Apparently no tours like that had taken place, but it didn't stop the January 6th committee from alleging that he actually literally led a reconnaissance tour. This link that I have goes all this is from New York Times. This is one of the things that he was accused of. I mean, this was all over. The leaders of the panel said they had evidence that Representative Barry Loudermilk escorted visitors through the Capitol complex on January 5th, though he has denied doing so. Now, they said they sent him letters about it. Do you know what that meant when they said that? They released them to the press, but they didn't actually send him any letters. Notifying him that they were either talking to the press about this or that they were even accusing him of it. That he found out literally in the New York Times. They, they released it to the press. They didn't actually contact him. And then they had a very carefully edited... And this is indisputable. This is this how they treated ladder milk is absolutely indisputable because what they ultimately determined as the investigation went on is that there was no evidence within any of the closed circuit camera security footage that supported their accusations. But it doesn't matter because it was already out in the press. See, that's the thing. Just to give you a better understanding of how Democrats operate, I always like to remind people of the LBJ rule. So Johnson was a notorious a double snakes hole. He was. He was super tall, which he used. He would get very close to people and lean over them and to try to intimidate him. I've read a couple of um, biographies on him. I have I read biographies on every president. And he once when he was running for a statewide office in Texas, he once told his campaign manager he wanted to accuse his opponent of being a uh, pig fornicator. And the staffer was like, sir, you, you can't, you literally can't do that. You just cannot go and accuse people of this. He goes, it's not true. Sir, you can't do that. That's not true. This is a lie. And Johnson looked at him and said, son, it doesn't matter if it's true or not. We're just going to get the, and he used the B word for the boys. Uh, we're just going to get him to, to, to deny it. And that was it. Just the denial, the acknowledgement of something so crazy is enough to kind of plant a seed. It's sort of like a guilt by association kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's the same the same principle is is in, is active here. So they just they had this carefully crafted narrative where they were accusing him of this. Except, hi, there's cameras up everywhere. There's nothing that showed that. Loudermilk had denied it. Even and Capitol Police even determined they investigated it and they determined, yeah, there's this literally did not ever happen. It never happened. In fact, the chief of Capitol Police wrote, quote, there is no evidence that Representative Loudermilk entered the U.S. Capitol with a group on January 5th, 2021. Hmm. Pretty unbelievable. That's not the first time that they were trying to spread different lies, although the Loudermilk one was one of the most ridiculous because I guess they forgot that there were cameras there. I mean, they and they were claiming that there was a guy who was there on the 5th that who went back and write it on the 6th and that he used that visit for reconnaissance, except they couldn't prove that the guy who was there on the 5th was back there on the 6th. So this is what I'm saying. So for all of the people, and I know that there are probably some out there who listen to this show who probably have a uh, more CNN take on this, but do you understand how reasonable people... I want, I want to just give you the perspective here, and I really need people to understand this. Don't even take my perspective of going back all the way to Occupy Wall Street. Don't even go back to the way that the IRS treated the Tea Party. 
Don't even go back to the way that the media has been calling everyone racist. They would call you racist if you opposed a health care policy back in 2012. Just go with modern, like more modern time. You have individuals who had their characters, their morality, everything that they were impugned because they wanted to vote for a person who represented a certain set of policies. You had people who simply wanted to be able to protect their right of defending themselves and their families called by sitting members of Congress, and I quote, domestic terrorists. People who would probably behave more above the law than any of the people trying to impugn their character. There have been, there's been a significant group of people in this country who, because of their civility, because they are very focused on the health of the republic and because they are inordinately the people from whom our boots on the ground come from so they understand the cost of an actual real conflict, they've been really, really, really abused. And not even just in the past 10 years or 20. Let's try 30, 40. But they've been really, really, really abused. They've been abused by the press. They've been abused by the people whose salaries they pay with their taxes, who make it to elected office. They've, they've been lied to. Everything that we're finding out about just, you know, for instance, all of this stuff with Anthony Fauci and the uh, hard work that they undertook to hide the origin of a lockdown that also almost took out our economy in addition to a lot of other people. People were called murderers if they didn't wear a mask that had absolutely no evidentiary basis for wearing one. There was no science behind it. didn't do anything. It was a, sit, a security blanket. People have been abused. They've, they've been accused. They've been gaslit. And now you have this. This story comes out. And all of the same people who have been treating this group of people so horribly are now demanding that you believe their narrative alone over what happened on January 6th. Well, you know, when the committee behaves in a dishonest fashion so egregiously and in a way that is so easily demonstrably proven wrong, no one has any authority, moral or otherwise, to demand that you take as truth a single damn thing that that committee or anyone defending it says. These are elected officials. They treated this like a political inquisition. This had nothing to do with investigating the cause of anything. These are people who use ridiculous language and say stupid things like, well, it's the worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War. I don't care who you are. If you aren't open-minded enough to realize that that statement is stupid, then political tribalism has ruined your brain and has made you entirely inept and at odds with a functioning, sentient civil society. 
I can't take people like that seriously, nor should you. And no one has any right to demand that any of us do. This is just one example. And I will have you know, Kevin McCarthy got a lot of criticism leading up to the vote in the House for Speaker. But who was it that handed the footage over that included security footage? Who was it that handed that over? It was Kevin McCarthy. And who was it that has been defending it against other party leadership like Mitch McConnell? It's been Kevin McCarthy. I think he's going a long way to earn people's trust, I think, after this. We're going to talk a lot more about this here coming up. Caltech Innovation is back to back. You've heard me talk about Caltech's P50 pistol. Now here comes the new 9mm P15 carry pistol. Quality engineered, the 9mm P15 carry pistol is the lightest, thinnest of its kind and Caltech's first striker fire handgun. And as another first, the P15s feature a totally unique patent pending 15 round extended magazine. Now other features include ambidextrous grip, safety, reversible mag release, and the hybrid fiber optic night sights with full adjustable rear that all comes standard it's from Keltech, inventors of subcompact polymer and now metal handguns the p15's gator grip texture on the polymer version increases stability and makes for easy accurate handling while the all metal version offers comfortable but positive traction and a really beautiful wood grip panel the p15 is the dependable firepower you need to secure your world see the new nine millimeter p15 first up close and personal at keltechweapons.com that's k-e-l-t-e-c weapons.com Want a behind-the-scenes look at The Dana Show? Subscribe to Dana's Chapter and Verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at danalash.com. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Your hateful curmudgeon. I'm not lovable today. There's just a lot of stupidity out there. Uh, (laughs) There it is. Go sign up for the newsletter, Chapter and Verse, because you'll see why. I put a lot of it in there. Put a lot of it in there. We're going to talk more about this, uh, the J6 narrative. I'm just so tired of, I'm so tired of this whole thing being represented the way it is. I mean, it, it, it is, uh, and to see anyone in the Republican Party who comes out and says, well, we should have less info, not more. That's a problem for me. Because that's, don't, uh, we don't need anyone in government telling people to do less journalism. Right. We don't need any of that. And some of the stuff that's that has that's coming out that people haven't seen is a it's a pretty eye opening for some. I think that the people who want to believe that this was some kind of like insurrection, they're going to be held. I mean, they're going to be hell bent on believing that no matter what they see with their eyes. That's the crazy thing about this. We are at the point when it, where it doesn't matter what the truth is. In our society, it doesn't matter what the truth is. It is political narratives and political sides. That's how tribal everything is. Nuance is dead, and it doesn't matter what the truth is. It only matters that it's your side. I mean, it's kind of, I mean, when you're convincing a significant portion of the populace to believe that way, you know, I get it. That's, it's tough to change hearts and minds. I wonder how, how did, how did John Adams deal with that? We'll talk about that and more coming up. Second hour on the way. Don't go anywhere.
Thanks to your support, Patriot Mobile has emerged as one of the leaders in the parallel economy, and they have big news. Patriot Mobile now offers service with all three major networks. This means if you're with the big three and like the service but hate their values, you can access them with Patriot Mobile. They also offer a performance guarantee. So if you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch between the three major carriers for free. Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, offers nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks. So you get the same great service while supporting a company that fights to preserve our God-given rights and freedoms. Resolve now to stop supporting companies that don't align with your values. The Patriot Mobile 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Just visit PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call them at 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code Dana. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 878-PATRIOT. PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 878-PATRIOT. With the lab leak theory more prevalent, there's footage showing government officials like Dr. Fauci directly lying to you. With the continued mistrust of government officials on top of the lack of confidence in the FBI, where do we go from here and how does it affect you? Check out the Watchdog on Wall Street podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. My uh, concern is how it was depicted, which is a different issue. Clearly, The chief of the Capitol Police, in my view, correctly describes what most of us witnessed firsthand on January 6th. So that's my reaction to it. Um, It was a mistake, in my view, for Fox News to depict this in a way that's completely at variance with what our chief law enforcement official here at the Capitol thinks. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you, your tolerable curmudgeon today. You can listen coast to coast on an affiliate in your area. You can stream it on YouTube, Facebook, watch on Channel 349, Direct TV as well. The remark here from Mitch McConnell, first off, When you have more information that can be made available to the public, why would you not make more information available? Why not look at all the information that's out there? Whenever I hear elected officials take a stand against transparency, my jimmies are rustled, for the lack of a better way to say it. That's not his decision to make. And when you're appealing to some superior statute of law enforcement statute of law and law enforcement when you're appealing to that superiority keep in mind this is after you had moms and dads who were targeted by the fbi and categorized as domestic terrorists simply because they wanted to speak out at their children's school board meetings so this appeal to authority with him saying that he does not think it's at variance with what their chief law enforcement said at the Capitol. I don't really care what that, I, that's not the concern here. The concern is that there hasn't been a lot of transparency. And because there hasn't been a lot of transparency, and also because you've had, as we just talked about in depth last hour, numerous examples of disingenuous behavior from the committee, 
they've torpedoed their own credibility. In fact, it's tr- it's cor- credibility was torpedoed from the start because of how politicized the selection process was to include people on that committee. There were no conservatives on that committee. There was no one from the House Freedom Caucus on that committee. It was an absolute Victorian freak show. That's it. And so to have the Senate Majority Leader echo Chuck Schumer's remarks, echo MSNBC or CNN, that doesn't go a long way, actually doesn't go anywhere in terms of either quelling the anger that justifiably people have, it's also a stand against transparency. They're, people were looking at video. Because see, the way that it was presented were that all these people were a bloodthirsty mob. This is entirely separate. And, I've, I, I, and I'm not going to keep repeating it. I'm just going to assume that smart people will know that I have said it. And it is an assumed point. And these stupid people that I don't care what they think of my commentary or their opinions, they're going to be the ones that blow past it. Violence and protest are entirely different things. And it's also entirely different to say that someone's a bloodthirsty, a wannabe murderer. And then, you know, then they're just like walking around in the in the statuary hall. There's a there's a huge difference here. And that's how it was presented by the media and by the left. It's perfectly understandable and deserved to to examine more footage, all the footage. But this makes me angry that he said this. I mean, he could have gone the Kevin McCarthy route. I mean, McCarthy gave the footage to Tucker Carlson. Listen to this. Audio soundbite eight. He's talking about transparency. I didn't hear that from McConnell. Listen. The footage that you gave Tucker Carlson last night, he went on, said this is a mostly peaceful chaos, as he said. He downplayed Brian Sicknick's death, said it was not related to January 6th, that this was not an insurrection. Do you regret giving him this footage so he could whitewash the events of that day? No, um... I I said at the very beginning, transparency. And so what I wanted to produce for everybody is exactly what I said, that people could actually look at it and see what's gone on that day. But why, why, Mr. Speaker? So I like his answer here. First off, that question was stupid and leading. That was a dumb question. Um, I would have, for me, for my part, I wouldn't have answered that question because I thought that it was, they begged the question. Well, you know, would you still have given it, given that all this BS I said and and presenting as truth that I think is true? Well, they don't accept the premise of your question. You can't beg the question, and then, which is, you're assuming the conclusion of this premise is true, and you're wanting me to answer as to your evaluation of it, even though it is, it is illogical and false. So I, I, I probably, but he, he, he mentioned the transparency, which is you know supremely important. He mentioned that the transparency of it. And I mean, really, this um, this I wanted to play audio soundbite 11 again, because I think this is important. Play this again really quickly, please. This was Schumer January yesterday. January 6th was not violent is a lie, a lie, pure and simple. I don't think I've ever seen a primetime cable news anchor manipulate his viewers the way Mr. Carlson did last night. I don't think I've ever seen an anchor treat the American people and American democracy with such disdain. 
and he's going to come back tonight with another segment. Fox News should tell him not to. Fox News, Rupert Murdoch, tell Carlson not to run a second segment of lies. You know it's a lie. You've admitted it's a lie. Hmm. So this is a, an actual city member of government calling for censorship. And then you have McConnell comes out and says, I don't think that it's helpful. It's at variance with what our chief law enforcement official at the Capitol thinks. So I, if, I was a, if I was a reporter there, I would have asked Mitch McConnell, well, the, you know, you, you have the media and Democrats who say that there was an officer that was killed at this, at this, uh, by a rioter. And in fact, the Capitol Police said that they weren't. So was that are, are, is the media and are your fellow Democrats at variance with Capitol Police too? And how, why have you not said anything about that? I would have asked that kind of question. If I was Kevin McCarthy and that reporter had asked such a stupid question to me, I would have said, well, you realize that your statement is at variance with what the uh, Capitol Police had said, correct? That that Officer Zicknick, in fact, was not killed by a rioter and that it was completely unrelated to the events that transpired on the afternoon of January 6th. So do you have a scoop that we don't know about? Would you like to share? Would you like to contradict the Capitol Police? Because you can't have it both ways. You can't call them liars and then also say that they're heroes. So which one is it? I would have pushed back and I would have eaten his soul right there on camera in front of everybody. I don't. I don't believe in play nice with people who have no intention to play nice with me. And I think that's what some of these people got to look at it like. But this, this move here from um, Mitch McConnell, and I've heard this something, I've heard some of the same from Mitt Romney and others. That's unhelpful. That's absolutely unhelpful. It was a mistake for them. I, I didn't ask you, Senator, nor are you paid for your views on what a news network shows. No one gives a rat's ass about your opinion on the content of a media entity. Nobody cares. Nobody cares, especially when what you're saying is actually you're, you're, you're making your evaluation based upon the evaluation of other networks that have actually contradicted and, as you said, uh, are in variance, at variance with what law enforcement thinks. That's not helpful. That isn't helpful. People have every right to want to see more footage. They have every right to ask questions. And they have every right to question the narrative that's been force-fed them. When you have so many, like, the, like I just gave you the example of Loudermilk last hour. When you have so many examples of disingenuous, bad-faith actors on the committee who purposefully misled and lied and omitted evidence... You know, like they are, they falsely accused Barry Loudermilk of uh, inviting uh, rioters in on January 5th and letting them conduct reconnaissance and then come back the next day and carry out the riot. They actually accused him of this. They didn't send him a letter of it. They published it in the New York Times. That's how he found out. And they put it all in their little dog and pony Victorian freak show committee hearing. He didn't even get to he didn't even get to voice opposition until it came out in the New York Times. And then, interestingly enough, Capitol Police was at variance with the with the committee, because they said, no, that actually didn't happen. There's no evidence that anyone was let in on the 5th. There's no evidence that he led people in to conduct reconnaissance. That's another thing I would have asked Mitch McConnell. Do you realize, Senator, that you're on January 6th committee is actually at variance with what Capitol Police have said? If you want to discuss who is or who isn't at variance. 
it's it's unhelpful to any of this. Look, you're going to have some people who just hate Republicans and hate conservatives and they think Trump is Satan and they think that everyone who voted for him are like mini Satans. And they think that 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 there were all kinds of people murdered and all kinds of hell opened up at the Capitol that day. And it was an absolute insurrection. And I mean, everything else, including 9-11 and uh, World War, the attack on Pearl Harbor and everything else pales in comparison to what happened on January 6th. That's ultimately what Corinne Jean-Pierre and this administration have said repeatedly. I mean, you can play that again. We got we got her saying that like just right here. This was just yesterday. Listen to this audio soundbite three. That's exactly what she said. Anybody who watched that video would strongly disagree. Anybody who watched that video uh, in a with their own eyes in a real way and saw what happened on that day would would disagree with what was just stated. Um, the president has been very clear. January 6th was the worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War. <sighs> Worse than Pearl Harbor. All those people lost to Pearl Harbor that pales in, that, that pales in comparison to, to this. It's nothing. Nothing pales in comparison to this. Now you see why nobody wants to take this seriously. Now you see why Mitch McConnell's remarks are unhelpful. The administration is at variance with history, with their narrative on this. Maybe somebody should have brought that up to McConnell, too. We have a lot more on the way. Black Rifle Coffee Company set out on a mission to make the best cup of coffee that's ever hit your mug. And I think they've hit that mission straight on. Their dream has been to sell enough premium coffee to build a support network for veterans, first responders, and law enforcement. And thanks to your support, that dream has come true. Black Rifle Coffee is roasted by a veteran-led team of brilliant coffee graders who work tirelessly to roast and bag the highest quality coffee here in America. And the coffee is truly one of a kind and my favorite. Your support has helped Black Rifle Coffee Company expand their team of active duty service members, veterans, and veteran family members. And they were able to donate over 120,000 bags of coffee to veterans and first responders in 2022. Visit blackriflecoffee.com Dana and use my code Dana at checkout for 20% off your purchase and your first coffee club order. That's blackriflecoffee.com slash Dana. Use code Dana and also look for Black Rifle Coffee in grocery and convenience stores. Black Rifle Coffee, America's coffee. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So Representative James Comer of Kentucky said it was a mistake for the previous administration to not bomb fentanyl and crystal meth labs in Mexico, despite the country being an ally of the United States. Comer, who's chairman of House Oversight and Accountability Committee, told the press Tuesday that it was a mistake to have not ordered a military strike on drug labs in Mexico in an attempt to stop trafficking. Seems a little heavy handed to immediately just start bombing stuff. I mean, there's probably a little bit more surgical ways to take things out, but I don't know. I just, I hate everyone in D.C., including Republicans. Hate all of them. Feinstein leaves the hospital as she continues recovering from shingles. Is she going to be able to do her job? Because Fetterman can't. Fetterman and Feinstein. Huh. Both. Both out. Both not able to do their jobs. There's some, the budget's coming out tomorrow. Uh, how how are they going to navigate this? Kim Jong's Kim Jong Un's sister warns the United States and South Korea. Hmm. 
this is a short stack sister. She's considered influential. She said her nation was prepared for quick and overwhelming action, considering that their main city, Pyongyang, can't even keep their damn lights on. I doubt it. The U.S. flew a nuclear-capable B-52 bomber during a training exercise to South Korea over the Korean Peninsula on Monday, sparking the sister's response. Why is the little sister piping up? I'm curious. Why isn't her brother talking about this at all? Why? Who... Who asked for the... Shut up. Who asked for the little sister to speak? Shut up. Go make us a sandwich. Go get us some sodi. Do something. Uh, New York Post piece. A man sentenced to two years in prison for a yellow rubber duck calendar that was said to have mocked Thailand's king. So a Thai man was sentenced to two years in prison. He sold calendars feature, featuring satirical cartoons of yellow ducks that a court said mocked the country's monarch. This almost sounds like wokery here in the United States. Bangkok's criminal court ruled that the calendar for 2021 containing pictures of the rubber ducks in poses re, uh, resembled and ridiculed Thailand's king, diminishing his reputation, uh, blah, blah, blah. I think that the that you're, you're the prosecuting someone for satire involving rubber ducks does more to hurt your reputation than anything anyone could ever say about you. Really. And uh, also, this is not surprising. Amazon announces store closures in high crime cities. So Amazon has said that they're going to be closing several grocery stores in high crime cities. Cities like New York, uh, Seattle, San Francisco. They claim that the measure is cost-cutting. But when you actually read between the lines, I mean, first off, you have inflation. But at the same time, when you have security cutting into your profitability, that's a major issue. So Walmart is also closing its final two stores in Portland. And uh, who do you have? Gavin Newsom who wants to go after Walgreens. We're going to talk about that and more coming up. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. Welcome back to the radio show. Dana Lash here. Let's play some audio. Uh, audio soundbite four, please. Immigration. The violence aspect of it. Now Americans are being slaughtered. Would President Biden be taking the same approach if it was Al-Qaeda or ISIS operating just across the border from an American city? The president takes this very seriously. He takes this very seriously. The FBI and other agencies have been on top of this uh, from day one. And so that's what he's going to continue to do. Uh, when it comes to Americans' lives and when it comes to their, the safety of Americans, the president's always going to make sure that that is a top priority. How? I'm just curious how he's going to do that. Welcome back to the program, Dana Lash here. How is he exactly going to do that? This comes on the heels of the shooting and the kidnapping of four Americans that took place just over the border. Just this, you know, past few days. I mean, that's this this issue at the southern border is so horrible, as I wrote in the prep email that you received. If you sign up for the email newsletter, it's so bad that it's causing him to reconsider Title 42. But no one believes that. I mean, that's just the stuff that she's just saying there at the at the at the press conference. No one actually believes that. This administration is in any way at all whatsoever prioritizing anybody's safety and well-being. I mean, this was right after. I mean, this was like right by the border that this took place. I mean, who in the world believes that this administration has absolutely anything under control? Who believes that they they have uh, seizures of fentanyl at the border? They're at all time highs. 
fentanyl is the leading cause of death now for Americans between the ages of 18 and 45. I mean, no one believes this. I don't even, what, what's the point of even sending anybody, anybody out there to, to be the spokesperson for your administration if you can't at all be honest with people about the state of things? What is the point of it? What's the point of any of it? If you can't be honest about it, what's the point? She just goes out there, well, you know, he's, uh, he's, uh, you know, doing, he, he's doing everything he can to keep people safe. He's doing everything he can to make sure that, no, no, he's not. I mean, good grief. This, I, I, I mean, how many pounds are they actually seizing every single week at the border of fentanyl? She actually said in some, in, in audio, she said that fentanyl was at an all-time low. The seizures were at an all-time low. Nobody believes that either. It, I mean, it's, Ducey had asked, Peter Ducey had asked, cartels kill Americans on this side of the border with drugs. Now they're killing Americans on the other side. Uh, why is the president so comfortable with cartels? She's like, well, let's be clear. You know, the seizure of fentanyl is at historic lows. That was the audio soundbite. And people were wondering, did she mean to say that? Because nobody believes it. Not a single person believes that. I think that was one of her worst, um, I think, appearances before the press. Because she had said something as well. Well, would Biden ever consider, you know, causing the U.S. military to disrupt cartel operations? And she goes, she says, quote, I'm I'm just not going to get into the military and how it's being used. Curtis Hawk has some great audio. So. I mean, that's, she's not going to get, she's not going to get into any of that. So that means nothing cha- nothing's going to change. It's just status quo ongoing. Uh, a couple of other things I want to make sure that we're hitting, that we're getting into as well. So this, because I don't think I got to, to this uh, the last time. This is an actual headline that's at the New York Times. I can't believe this is an actual headline, but it is. The headline is, Black Equestrians Want to Be Safe, But They Can't Find Helmets. It's a real headline. They say for black riders with natural hair, finding a helmet that fits can be virtually impossible. Some are trying to raise awareness of the problem, but manufacturers say it's not a simple fix. I, um... When I first saw this, I, it, it looked like it was a screen grab and I thought it was like a, I thought it was satirical. I did not think that it was a real. So now, because remember, everything's racist, like parks are racist, everything's racist and divided that this also, by the way, sounds like one of the most first world problems I've ever heard of. I mean, an absolute first world problem. Well, I can't, I mean, you know how expensive, I mean, all of that is, the equestrian world is one of the most, this is one of the most expensive hobbies you could have. And the, the piece over at the New York Times focuses on the, this, it, well, it gets into this girl named Chanel Robbins. She's been riding horses most of her life, etc. 
She's in Bradford, Ontario. And she was, she's talk, she talks about her pony in this whole piece. And, you know, she says, she talks about what it is to be a black, be black and, and be an equestrian, which I just don't, why does everything have to be so divided? And then people were talking about finding a helmet that fits because she said she uh, had, she ended up having her hair styled in locks. And as a result, it made her, it made it difficult for her to put a helmet on and all of this stuff. And they, and, and now the New York Times is like, wow, there's no helmets that can fit properly. This is a, another barrier to full inclusion. They act like it's the equestrian world that is making it to where no one can, that they're disallowing helmets that do this. It's the stupidest thing I've ever read. I mean, because that's, it's an opportunity for just, a, I mean, capitalism for a company to make one. And so they have some writers in California, et cetera, who've been, and, and apparently I just can't, it's just is so, this is just, it seems like a problem that has an easy fix, but the New York Times is taking it to mean that there is not ever full inclusion. Do you know what the inclusion issue is here? It's not whether someone is black or white, it's whether they're rich or poor, because this is such an expensive sport. It is such an expensive sport. So they get into the safety standards and all of this stuff. And, you know, they were talking about how they uh, that they want to get around the regulations. And this is the other thing that the New York Times piece kind of just skates by. Because one of the manufacturers was saying that the one of the worries that companies have is nothing to do with companies. The worry is that the restrictions and the regulations that go along with helmet development, because everything is so regulated six ways to Sunday in this country, that the restrictions and regulations as it pertains to the development of new or newly designed helmets that could actually interfere with the manufacturing process, meaning it might it's gonna it might take them a while to get out. Then you have to go and you have to you I, I mean they they apparently have to run it by the regulatory outfit. And make sure that it meets federal safety standards, all this kind of stuff. And the other thing, too, is that one of the manufacturers was incredibly honest. And they said, because they didn't think it was a manufacturing issue, it sounds like a regulatory issue, which has nothing to do with the world of equestrianism. But they also said, well, this whole process would take years of development as well. It could take years of development, depending on how much pushback they get, all this stuff. You wouldn't believe, like, the the amount... And this is true because it's considered like a safety device. It's not a fashion accessory. A helmet's considered a safety device. And so it does, especially with any kind of regulated sport, you have to go through. That's the nature of the way this is. I mean, that's that's just it. And so it isn't ha- doesn't have anything to do with racism. It doesn't have anything to do with division. It doesn't have anything to do with bigotry. That's just the way it is. And one of the manufacturers was incredibly honest and said, well, you know, this also could potentially drive up the cost for a product for which there might not be as much demand. If it's a special type of helmet that specifically is constructed to accommodate a specific hairstyle. <sighs> not everything is racist. Not everything is bigoted. I wish the sweet meteor of death would come and obliterate this planet into a thousand million grains of dust because I cannot find a redeeming factor at all on this rock. Every one of these stupid headlines is designed to drive division. Every single one. 
And some people were saying if it's, you know, an unusual hairstyle or if it's not a hairstyle that, you know, every that a lot of people, they act like, oh, we just made helmets for just white people. That's not, I mean, that's the whole way. I mean, literally, one of the subheads of this piece is, quote, this sport isn't designed for us. Literally, that's one of the, that's where the New York Times is going with us. As if you didn't think racist parks were bad enough. Now you have this. They say that that the whole design of it. In fact, one actual quote is this. And they aren't just talking about equestrianism. Quote, sports were only developed for white people. And they only continue to keep white people protected. Or they continue to keep white people protected. That's literally the quote. It is, that's the whole point. That's what the New York Times wanted to accomplish with this piece. Everything's racist. We'll just end equestrianism then. Just to end it then. Let's go ahead and end all fun things. If we find one thing that's wrong with anything, end it. But you know what? If we're going to approach it that way, I think that should go to personally with every single person. Just have it across the board. I'm just so done with this. I am so, everyone is a victim. Everyone is a victim. Everyone believes the world is out to get them. In some cases it is. But not in every case. Actual headline. We are all are dumber for the New York Times having published this into the human record. And we wonder why aliens, you know what, if I, were, if I was an alien and I came across our planet, I wouldn't want to get near it either. I would be afraid that whatever stupidity that is roiling the earth would be catching. Mm-mm-mm. Now, the uh, tax plan, the budget plan that the president's going to drop tomorrow, we're going to talk a little bit more about that because uh, there's lots of new taxes in it. I don't know if y'all know, there's a lot of new taxes in this. They got to make sure that Medicare is funded for a couple of decades. They can't stop spending anywhere else, which means that other people, somebody somewhere has to pay for it. You will pay. You will be made to pay. We're going to get into that. And uh, also, this story that I talked about on Jesse Waters. So now the feds have opened up an investigation. And they were, I don't know why he was saying that they were Venezuelan because they were Honduran. Uh, Two illegal entrants, Honduran nationals. They were in Nebraska, and they shot and killed a bald eagle to eat it for dinner. No. Now, you have the 1940 Bald and Golden Eagle Protection Act. That's a federal law that makes, like, do you know that it's actually illegal? You can't even, if you find an eagle feather on the ground, you can't even pick it up. That's a $5,000 fine. Did you know that? I didn't. $5,000 fine if you just so much as pick up an eagle feather. Now, I mean I, I, I mean, I know of birds, but I don't know all the different types of birds. I wouldn't know if I was picking up an eagle feather or not. I really wouldn't know. But it didn't, that's, that's irrelevant. There was a guy uh, last year who got uh, three felony charges for simply selling eagle feathers. And there was another guy who, uh, this was uh, a, a few years ago, a few years back, his family, one of their family heirlooms was Geronimo's actual headdress because when Geronimo, um, he ended up giving uh, his moccasins and his headdress 
to two people with the U.S. government that were actually nice and that befriended him. And the Demings family was one of them. And that headdress that he gave them went through their family. And apparently the guy was considering selling it to a museum or something like that. But then the feds came in and they charged him with a felony because you can't do that. Can't do it. Because apparently he acquired it after that act, the 1940 act. So it's not, that's how it works. So the crazy thing about this story with these two Honduran nationals in Nebraska is that the federal government ignored calls from local law enforcement to charge them so they could hold them because the only thing that local law enforcement could get them on were uh, they needed the feds to bring charges were a couple of misdemeanors. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. (laughs) It's time for Florida man. So they're freaking out in Fort Lauderdale, according to the Florida Sun Sentinel. The mayor decries what he says is a creeping level of hate. Vandals defaced an alphabet pride flag that was painted on the street just off Fort Lauderdale Beach. And you know what's on it? There are skid marks on it. On a road? On a road. No. Skid marks are on paint on a road. No. No. Why did you put your thing on a thing that cars drive on? I don't know. It's Fort Lauderdale's mayor. So they're mad, and they they said that it's evidence of hatred and bigotry in the Fort Lauderdale community because someone drove over the painted rainbow that they put on the street and left tire marks on it. Oh, no. Who could have thought that that could have happened to something that you put on a road? I am so shocked. Oh, much surprise. Moving on. Can you tell how shocked I am? It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. These people are just ridiculous. Uh, also, a, uh, I don't know why, Florida man was arrested after dumping 30 mattress box, stri- box springs along a street. Monroe County Waste Management told the sheriff's office that it weighed more than 1,700 pounds. It was just dumped right on Front Street there. In, in there by key, it said they all came from a Key West motel. And a manager there said that he hired a guy named Michael Herrera to replace the beds at the hotel. So Herrera just took the mattresses and literally dumped them on the street. 1,700 pounds of worth. He was charged with illegal dumping. Jump, dumps them right on the street where people pass by and can see them. I don't know. I, these people. I have one tomorrow that I'll tell you about how there was a stripper arrested for throwing money at a man. I think that's supposed to work opposite. Like the man's supposed to throw the money at the stripper. So I don't know what made this offense, but we'll talk about that tomorrow. Third hour on the way. Dr. Reptil, you, were, you, were, uh, you, you ran the CDC and you were on the Coronavirus Task Force. Is that right? Correct. That was formed on January 29th, 2020. Is that right? Correct. Two days later, Dr. Fauci gets an email from Dr. Anderson, which says what? Virus looks engineered, virus not consistent with evolutionary theory. Is that accurate? That's my understanding. From Next whatever. day, I know. He, did he share that email with you, by the way, Dr. Redfield? No. As a member of the task force, as a head of CDC, did he share that email with you? No. Okay. Next day, February 1st, Dr. Gary sends Dr. Fauci another email. That email says, I don't know how this happens in nature, but it would be easy to do in a lab. Did he share that email with you, Dr. Redfield? No. You no. didn't see either one of those emails, even though you're head of CDC, even though you're on the coronavirus task force that had been formed just two days, three days earlier. No. Three days later, Dr. Anderson and Dr. Gary, who told us it came from a lab and emails to Dr. Fauci that Dr. Fauci wouldn't let Dr. Redfield see, three days later, they changed their position 180 degrees. 
The question is why? That was just from this morning. That was really good back and forth there between Jim Jordan, who is chairing the Oversight Committee, House Oversight Committee, and Dr. Redfield, who is at, was head of CDC at the time all of this stuff was happening with the coronavirus and the task force. And what they're talking about specifically was right at the time that every the conversation nationally and really worldwide moved from, oh, my gosh, it's a pandemic. What do we do? to where did it come from? So it was very early on in the whole lockdown uh, process or timeline, I should say, not process, but in the timeline. And while this was happening, there was this discussion that was taking place between Fauci and these other, uh, these other doctors, Fauci being over at NIAID, NIAID and Redfield being at CDC, they're both under Health and Human Services. So, I mean, Redfield doesn't have to answer to Fauci. They're all supposed to be working together. And it, this was in 20, this was like in 2019, September 2019, right when things started kind of kicking off. Welcome to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Uh, good to be with you this top of our third hour this Wednesday. And you'll have to forgive me because I'm actually looking at my old bookmarks going all the way back to, I actually went all the way back to June of 2019. Let me, uh, so do do you remember when we first started hearing about, let me, let me, let me give you a, a, a sharper perspective on this. Do you remember when we first started hearing about the lockdown or not lockdown, but the, a pandemic, a potential virus that could be a pandemic? We heard it. I know that I had it in my headlines, my headline section of our program that we have at, you know, our second segment every hour. But it wasn't anything that we were kind of, you know, the the way that it was being talked about and the way that people were looking at it, they were acting like it was the flu or something like that. But this was the very beginning of this. And that was so in September 2019 is when things really started kicking off in the in the uh, that's when the stuff happened in the lab. Um, there were, I had a story that went back in June where it talked about researchers who were from the uh, United States who went to visit that lab. Remember later on throughout the lockdown, we discovered that those researchers had sent cables to DC saying this lab is supposed to be like the gold standard of safety. It's not. So in September, uh, that is when they were saying that there were, there were deleted sequences which is was irregular. And I've read that before at a couple of different um, uh, science publications. They said that it they changed, they took over, they had military takeover of the lab. So it wasn't the civilian doctors and medical professionals that were in charge of the operations of the lab. It had been taken over by the military. And then they redid the ventilation system in the uh in the laboratory and that kicked off in september of 2019 so the researchers that were had been visiting the lab were there before then and they were they had sent cables that were uncovered later saying that they were not doing things safely in the lab and then september is when all this stuff happens and then after september going into christmas that's when we we started to hear those headlines remember december 2019 you kind of started hearing it and this the timeline of this is unusually cemented in my brain because I launched my book the first week of February, my third book. 
it was a disaster for my book tour because the whole country started locking down. I was going to go on The View. It was a mess. And I had 23 events across the country canceled. It was bad. Um, January, we started hearing of things. And nobody really thought that much of anything. People were talking about, we were talking about SHOT Show and all that stuff. And nobody's really, you know, nobody was really freaking out over, um, you know, what we were, after we all came back from Christmas break, no one, I don't think, was still freaking out about it. And then it was in end of January, was the second or, or last, second to last or last week of January. That's when there was a specific restriction that the administration put on travel from China. And that was about the time that Nancy Pelosi went to Chinatown in San Francisco and did the whole come on out and eat and all that stuff. So that gives you some markers for the timeline. I remember that I, we, I was in New York and then I was heading to D.C. because it was at CPAC and this was going into February of 2020. And things started rumbling. People started talking. There were locked. People actually started talking about there being serious lockdowns. By the time I was leaving New York, New York was already preparing for lockdown. Um, I was supposed to go back the following week because I was going to be a guest on The View on my book. And um, that's when they decided that was that they weren't going to be in studio anymore because of the lockdown. So they were all going to be doing everything remotely. By the time I got home, uh, from CPAC from DC that's when they were saying we're going to have they were trying to sell everyone on 15 days to slow the spread we got to flatten the curve flatten the curve that's when that happened now as all of this is happening to go back to what the audio that we came in with the video that we came in with if you're watching the simulcast that is when these conversations were happening so before our national and really international conversation went from, oh my gosh, it's a pandemic. How are we going to do with this? And then shift to do, where did it come from? <laughs> they were having these conversations. But here's what's weird. And this is what Jim Jordan and Dr. Redfield were going back and forth on. That Redfield was kept entirely out of the conversation. Entirely. Now you have all these different agencies Fauci is not Redfield's boss. Their parent organization is Health and Human Services. So Redfield doesn't have to answer to Fauci. They were called upon all these different heads of these sub-departments, sub-agencies under HHS, to work together on this. Each of those heads made up that task force. And you had Fauci trying to cover his ass and also exclude individuals that he did not deem trustworthy enough to go along with it, to keep a secret. That's what this is. Redfield has always, the, Redfield is an interesting character. And one of the reasons why I think that he has a lot of credibility, he is not a Trump sycophant. Not at all. But he is very suspicious of the way that NIAID under Fauci handled all of this. He is very suspicious, and he was one of the first people, if you remember, during previous testimony to ask questions about who was funding what. 
he had enough and he was asking answers. He is not a political animal. Fauci is. That's the difference. Fauci took all this over and made it all about Fauci. And he was making money. I mean, this is wild. So when just go back to your memory bank. When you had all those people that were standing up there at the podium with Trump. They were excluding Redfield. Fauci was up there talking. Meanwhile, he's secretly paying off scientists to change their stuff, change their findings. That's the other thing. Uh, What was that Harvard report that came out? Remember that? The Harvard report that that had um, confirmed the uh, all of a sudden there was an outbreak of uh, respiratory illnesses and other things all around Wuhan. They were trying to figure out where this was coming from. It was a new kind of respiratory illness. You know, those things are typically viral. Where was this coming from, etc.? And the Harvard report on this had confirmed it. And then there's a lot of stuff. People were changing their, they were changing their findings. They were changing, uh, you know, their, their stances on was this zoonotic or not. I'm telling you, this is wild. And so here you, you have this, I mean, and I love that it's that Jim Jordan's asking this. He was, this was the guy who was, who is getting paid to essentially spread inaccuracies. We sent money to a lab in China that was described as being the gold standard of safety and security, and it wasn't. This was a lab that was engaged in research that was not allowed to accept U.S. dollars, expressly allowed. And then when it came out of there, Fauci could not, he had to hide it. He, he was part of it. He was the one directing cash there. I mean, that's, I, this is wild. And, and this, they said that they had a uh, report. And this was uh, Debbie Lesko, I believe, who was asking Redfield about this. And they said that, you know, before 2020, they were not doing that type of research. They were not doing any kind of gain of function type research. They were, they, they, he noted how SARS, that's, and then MERS, the Middle East Respiratory Virus, that's MERS and SARS, uh, that it never went, it never uh, learned how to go from person to person or evolved to go from person to person or, or mutated to go from person to person. And so, when he was describing how those outbreaks were a lot smaller as a result of that, um, measles was the most infectious virus he had said that had been seen. So that's when he he was relying on his scientific education, going, "This is not natural." And he said, "Then when I went back in 2014, this same lab actually published a paper. He said they put in the ACE2 receptor in humanized mice, so it can affect human tissue. And then you learned that the new COVID, which came from bats, can can hardly replicate in bats. So how does that happen? I know we're all going. We know how that happens. And in the meantime, Fauci's been protected as like the saint." You know who the real saint in all this is? Is Redfield. He's the guy who deserves to be on the magazine covers. He's the guy who deserves to be on his face on T-shirts. He doesn't want any of it, and I don't think he would do it. Because he's not a political animal. Fauci is. And here you have the problem with politicizing.
science. And we haven't learned yet. We have more to come. This is really stunning. I'm going to include this in your email newsletter for those subscribers to chapter and verse over at Substack. You might think it's boring to listen to these answers and listen to this testimony, but I promise you it's not. I really think these are times when I think you should, you should watch this and know this stuff. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. A record low 15% of Americans view China favorably. I'm actually surprised it's even that much. It really started tanking. Actually, February 18th of 2019 is when it really, really started going down. And you know what that mirrors? The pandemic. It hasn't ever been super low. The highest it ever was was February uh, of 1989. And it dropped right after that to a low in, in August of 89. And then, uh, yeah, it's, uh, that's the latest data from Gallup their annual world affairs poll. I'm actually, again, like I said, I'm surprised it's even that, surprised it's even that much. So um, I mentioned this the other day, Swiss law forces Toblerone, the chocolate bar, they got to change their packaging because they're not super Swiss anymore. Well, they had to take that Matterhorn peak off of its packaging because it's moving production from Switzerland to Slovakia. So Mondelez, the, or Mondelez, the people who, are, who package it, and make it. That's the company that owns it. They have to. They have to remove the uh, the Matterhorn from the packaging. So it's going to look different. It's going to be placed by a generic sum, a generic summit, and the new label will include its founder's signature. If that's important to you, it is good. It is good chocolate. Though. I'm not, not going to lie. Uh, France erupts in riots, at, though, well, because their government decided to raise the retirement age from 62 to 64. Uh, and it's not going well for Macron. They hate the pension reforms. French unions promised the biggest protest on the sixth day of national strikes. There are 260 demonstrations nationwide. It involves up to 1.4 million people. Like, for instance, you can't, you can't even go up in the uh, Eiffel Tower. That's all. Everything's affected. They're not happy with it. Stay with us. I got Wokery and more for you. Taxes, the budget coming out tomorrow. Stay with us. Of all your favorite talk hosts, one of these is not like the others. The Dana Show. Yeah, file this under the law of unintended consequences. You solve one problem and perhaps you create another one. Yes, we have been told to mask up, mask up, mask up. Now the mayor is modifying that a bit. He says drop the masks, at least initially when you walk into a business, as sort of a peace offering, as in literally I come in peace, I'm not here to rob the place, I'm here to do business legitimately. But what if you are there to rob the place? Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. So now we're a full circle. Now I want to wear a mask. How funny is that? Now I want to wear it. When the government tells me don't do something, I want to do it now. I just can't help it. So that's New York City law enforcement says that masking is that 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 whole the pushing of the masking is making made it harder to identify and catch criminals. Then you probably shouldn't have fined people for if they didn't wear them. No, we're afraid. We don't know which way your head's going to spin next. So we're afraid of getting fined. Can I? I mean, I feel like I want to wear them now. If they don't want me to wear them going into a business, oh, no, hell no, I'm going to wear them. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, if that business wants me to wear one, it's that business's right to tell me to wear one. And not just any mask. I want to wear the scream one. 
Oh man, that'd be good. I really feel like yeah, like if you're full face. Uh huh. <laughs> Maybe also the black cloak and everything. Maybe I'll carry a knife too. I don't know. I'm just saying. Okay, it has nothing to do with the mask part. I just you know. So I come in peace. I I don't though. <laughs> so I just nope. I choose violence. Just saying. No, that it, it has come full circle now. Now they're saying no, no, no. Now, now it's really hard to catch the. Who would have thought that encouraging people to keep their faces covered would have led criminals to believe that they might get away with crimes if no one can ID them or see their face? Because normally, if you're in a bank, you're there doing your thing, doing your bank business. Somebody comes in with their face covered. Back in the day, you'd be like, "Well, that's a robber. Hell, what's going on here?" Now it's like, oh, there's the, they're worried about the Rona. So they wear a security blanket on their face that does nothing. You know what? I was thinking of this. I'm going to, it's, I'm going to bring this tugboat to shore, but bear with me here. So, you know, how when you're a little kid and you're, you know, you're, you get in bed at night, everything has to be tucked up, right? You can't have like a foot hanging off the bed because, that's what the monster would eat, right? There's a monster under your bed or a monster in your room. Anything that's hanging off the bed, that's going to gonna get your fingers are gone, your toes are gone, it's gone. It'll get you. There was like this unspoken rule of youth. This, I mean, maybe at least in my mind, that it was universally acknowledged that if it was under the security of the blanket, it was off the field, right? So if you suddenly realize that your foot was uncovered and you tucked your foot back under the cover if that monster was about to get it he'd have to go oh no i can't because the rule of the blanket you know i mean i can't get it it's that's the rule but i feel like with the masking that became life in a way so it's that same principle the make-believe faith in these cloth objects to keep you safe when every study out there shows that they don't and now we would we see people as you know it's like you're it's like a plague doctor thing you know i would honestly i would probably trust more in the quote-unquote science of people who would wear a headdress chandelier of crystals with oils everywhere than i would with the people with the mask on their on their face i'm just saying i just gave kane an idea He's going to go and rig himself up a baby mobile of, yeah, crystals on his head. It's the Marion Wilson starter, Wilson starter kit. That's what it is. It's by her look. I, I don't say that to be mean. I actually like her. I mean, I don't like her policies. I think they suck. But, I mean, as a person, she seems fun. But uh, anyway, so I just, I just thought. Now, uh, I have this. Oh, gosh, I have so many things. The, the, I have another piece of audio. Uh, this is audio sound by 10. The D.C. police chief, listen to what they say. If you ever want to hear it, if you put this statistic in your back pocket, you're going to need this on a rainy day. Because what do you hear about uh, crime rates in cities like D.C. and in Chicago? You've heard recidivism, same repeat offenders. Well, here's the stat on that from the chief of police in D.C. Listen to this. 
guns off the street. What we got to do, if we really want to see homicides go down, is keep bad guys with guns in jail. Because when they're in jail, they can't be in community shooting people. So when people talk about what we're going to do different or what we should do different, what we need to do different, that's the thing that we need to do different. We need to keep violent people in jail. Right now, the average homicide suspect, the average homicide suspect has been arrested 11 times prior to them committing a homicide. Mm. That is a problem. That is a problem. That is wild. Absolutely wild. So that is uh, the chief of police there in D.C. He's absolutely right, too. I'm so glad that he I'm glad that he said that the way it needed to be said. Now, I also want to move to this story about the bald eagle thing that I mentioned before. You had two Honduran nationals who were caught carrying a dead bird at the Wood Duck State Wildlife it was a Stanton County. This was in Nebraska. It occurred on February 28th. And they had no identification other than documents from the Honduran consulate. Washington Free Beacon had the story. They had shot and killed a bald eagle. They used an air rifle. They shot and killed a bald eagle. And they, got cut. they said they were going to cook it up and eat it. If ever there was a sign for the times, that's it. Now, here's what's wild. The Fed said at they, they only now just opened an investigation into it. They had previously, they were not bringing charges. The law enforcement there was livid. They kept reaching out to federal law, uh, to federal law enforcement. Feds weren't responding. I mean, they actually, local law enforcement gave interviews, and they were saying that they couldn't get the feds to respond to them. So they had to let these guys walk. They just got a couple misdemeanors. Now, here's the the two tiers of justice. In 2017, the feds charged a 62-year-old Virginia man because he shot and killed a bald eagle. He was sentenced to house arrest. He had a ton of fines. You can't even pick up an eagle feather off the ground. It's a $5,000 penalty if you do that. I mean, there's there. it is a very strict thing. It's the, it's that, what is it? The, it's a, the bald eagle. Uh, there's like it's the Bald Eagle Golden Eagle Act. It was like from what 1940 is when this thing was passed. It's been around for a really, really long time. Bald and Golden Eagle Protection Act. So you get up to a year in prison, but see, the feds have to bring those charges. So it has to be U.S. Fish and Wildlife. It can't, local law enforcement can't, because someone had asked me that, um, I think it was on social media. Uh, local law enforcement cannot bring the charges associated with that act. It has to be the federal authorities so it would be u.s fish and wildlife in this instance but here's the thing the police they said that they reached out over and over again county sheriff mike unger told the washington free beacon that the two suspects were allowed to walk freely got a couple of misdemeanors they can't be held in jail they have a march 28th trial but you know they're not probably won't be showing up for that and they said that um they had tried to get a hold of U.S. Fish and Wildlife. They tried to get a hold of everybody. They I mean, they, they, the spokesperson uh, for U.S. Fish and Wildlife didn't respond to Free Beacon. Unger said he reached out repeatedly, never heard anything. Now, in all of this, there are so many. There was a, what, in June of last year, 79-year-old, he killed a bald eagle while hunting groundhogs on his property. It was an accident, but he, he had to pay like $20,000 in restitution. He was banned from hunting for five years. Uh, there's all kinds of stories. A Montana man, he was he found and sent a golden feather to South Dakota, and he got a, a major charge and a six like a six figure fine. Craziness. So, there. I mean, these people were in uproar. The community was in uproar. Unger said that he couldn't get the feds to respond. That's 
That's it. They, and the, the men only had uh, uh, documents from the Honduran consulate. So two different tiers of justice happening. Now, in uh, California, this is not justice. So Gavin Newsom has a major problem with Walgreens. He said that California is done with Walgreens this week because Walgreens does not sell abortion pills in the uh, abortifacients in its stores. It's not selling uh, Mifepristone in 20 states. And Newsom said that this is a company that cowers to extremists. Hey, you know what you can get in a Walgreens? Also, prophylactics, birth control pills that Republicans were trying to make over the counter and Democrats got mad because they wanted Planned Parenthood to only be able to do that. Uh, You can get all those things over the counter. It's crazy. You can get those at at the Walgreens. And they're pretty affordable. Uh Uh-huh. So Newsom said that the state is reviewing its relationship to Walgreens. They said they're not pursuing businesses with companies that cave to right-wing bullies. I literally see people demanding that Major League Baseball get involved in Florida because of the uh, CRT in schools and the queer theory that they don't want to teach in schools. And these are the same people that are demanding Major League Baseball do something. But yet at the same time, they don't want to work with businesses that cave to right-wing bullies. I don't think Walgreens cares. I mean, I'm surprised they can keep, you know, if they have needles to sell, I'm surprised they can keep any of them in store just because everything's covered with feces and needles outside. It sounds like everybody's leaving California and Portland and all of that anyway. I really don't think Walgreens cares, honestly. I mean, it's an abortifacient. That's what it is. They, they're a private company. They can do what they want, right? Yeah. Oh, unless California doesn't believe that private companies can, can do what they want. Huh. Amazing. So they're saying that uh, the, and this is a decision that Walgreens, Walgreens is, they're headquartered in Illinois. So now the the Democrat governor there, who looks like a DC villain, he looks like he's related to the penguin, Pritzker. He's, and the attorney general there have called in, they called it, they went in a meeting with a company. So they're saying it's, it's business. It's they, and then you have Michael Moore, Who wants a nationwide Walgreens boycott? I don't think Michael Moore ever had to worry about making a woman pregnant. Not because I'm not questioning his like bodily health. I'm just questioning his appearance. I don't think that that's, you know, gosh, I was (sighs) taking everything I have. (sighs) So their stock was, was going down. That's only going to be temporary. It's going to be temporary. I mean, heaven forbid people like look at these other modes. If they, they're a private business. They can do what they want. If you don't want to shop at Walgreens, there's more receipt for me. That's okay. More receipt paper for me than in CVS. My gosh, the rec- why is it five miles long? Now, tomorrow, one of the things we were telling you about is that uh, the president is he's releasing his budget. We're going to go over a lot of that tomorrow because right now a lot of people are speculating. There's certain things that we do know that they're going uh, they're going to include. Uh, because uh, they have come out with some of it. They have shared some of what they're pushing for, and that includes they want higher taxes. They want taxes. They said that he wants to raise Medicare taxes, um, He, which 
completely violates his whole, I'm not going to raise taxes on people making less, you know, making, you know, $400,000, his, his whole number there. Medi- the Medicare tax rate on Americans, they must increase it from 3.8% to 5%. He also wants to close loopholes for business owners. And they want to uh, push to allow Medicare to negotiate the cost of prescription drugs. There's a lot of stuff that they're pushing for in here. And there's a lot of there's certain things, too, that that Republicans are pushing, uh, including there's they they actually want a major cut. in. I mean, they want a 43 percent slash in a bunch of entitlement spending, 45 percent cut in uh, a whole bunch, I mean, a whole bunch of areas. We're going to go over a lot of this tomorrow, and I'll put some in your prep, uh, your email prep, too, to get you ready for that. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Go and sign up for the newsletter over at Substack, Chapter, and Verse. Some good things out there. And our contributor, Lorraine, who runs our discussion, has a piece up. Getting into some of what you're going to be expecting tomorrow. I honestly, I'm trying not to read more of it, but not her piece, but but the plans for the tax plans in general, because I'm just going to get mad. And it's cedar fever here right now. And so we all have like Kane and I are dying. We all have like headaches and we're sneezing and our eyes are itching and because the cedar is so bad. Everything's blooming. And now on top of it, we got this. We're going to riot. I got to figure out what that would look like, but I feel like we're going to, we're going to riot. We're going to, we're going to dive into this heavy duty tomorrow as well. And uh, I have some woke, more wokery for you tomorrow. Can I just share with you before, like I get into it tomorrow, we're going to discuss how Cindy Lauper compares laws banning transgender surgery on minor children to Nazi Germany. She says banning the surgeries, unnecessary transgender surgeries on kids is just like Hitler got started. That's just how he got started. I'm not making this up. It is an app. Guys, I know. It's. All right. Kane, can you top that? Today's stupidity. Well, I'll try. Um, It's uh, the press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre. She's uh, again today falsely insisting that Biden's policies have reduced the deficit, even though per Moody's, and we talked about this yesterday, Biden's policies have, quote, undoubtedly resulted in higher deficits, not smaller ones. Listen to what she says here. And by the way, this was literally, uh, it was less than an hour ago. Listen. When we talk about deficit uh, deficit reduction, when we talk about having being fiscally responsible, this oh, yeah. is something that the president has talked about since the campaign. And you hear me, just as I did moments ago, talk about the $1.7 trillion deficit that he did the first. Yeah, he did do a, a $1.7 trillion deficit. Thank you for being mm-hmm. honest accidentally right yeah. there, KJP. Yeah, there you go. So, that's, yeah, yeah, that's where we are. We're being gaslighted and lied to at every level. Boy, you guys are going to get so happy tomorrow hearing all the taxes and all the budget and all that. Thing. You're so excited. We're going to get through it together in a curmudgeonly fashion. Folks, that does it for us today. Whew, we're going to need each other tomorrow. We're going to have to take each other across the finish line of the week. And uh, sign up for the newsletter. God bless. Find us on YouTube, Facebook. Have a great night.